landing major media when you're a humble entrepreneur, busy as and just trying to get ahead in business. It's like the dream to be asked by New York Times to write for them, by Lifehacker to share an article, by getting on CNBC, just the dream. So how do we go about it when we think we're just starting out or maybe we don't have any original ideas to talk about? That is the topic of this podcast. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. Hey, beautiful. So good to have you here. I'm really excited today to share with you my awesome discussion with Stephanie Lee. She's a media strategist and a published writer, and her clients and her writing have been featured in 20 plus major publications, including Business Insider, Lifehacker, Entrepreneur, The New York Times, and more. She is all about helping you get published. And like me, Steph was a digital nomad in seven countries for three years, and she was just writing articles, getting paid to do that. And then you'll hear her story on how she got around to teaching others to get published outside of their blog and became a media strategist. And the thing is that most entrepreneurs just don't understand the power of media to help grow their profits all while being authentically you. So in this interview, she shares her pitch to pro methodology and what the pro actually stands for. We talk about how do you come up with original ideas that editors love so that you can get published well beyond your blog. And we also talk about the slingshot effect of how to amplify the media that you are getting. So I really hope you enjoy this interview. Let's dive in. Stephanie Lee, welcome to the Untapped podcast. Hi, Natalie. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so thrilled to be here because we're talking about a topic that we could talk about forever, I think, which is how do you pitch yourself? How do you land media as an entrepreneur? How do you get your amazing work out there to the masses and super visible so that you can essentially grow and make more income and impact? So I'd first off love to know, how have you tapped into your potential and how do you get paid to be you? Yeah, I kind of think about how over the years I've turned all of my hobbies essentially into monetized work. The single thread that got me through different industries is writing. I've written about video games. That's how I started. I've written about fitness. I've written about like just personal development topics, some entrepreneur stuff, some personal finance stuff. And so writing has been that single thread that's carried me through many industries and just using my voice and using just my thoughts and just kind of throwing them out into the world has worked out because a lot of people resonate with them. I have like a, my writing style is basically as if I was talking to you, we were just sitting on the couch, just at home, just chatting. So a lot of people resonate with that and they just really enjoy sort of the different experiences that I've had, especially as a digital nomad years ago, and then especially with just the different industries I've been in. So 
people are always fascinated by what I have to say and my experiences. And this is what I tell a lot of my students and clients is that you have a lot of stories and experiences that are unique to you and a very unique perspective to share with other people. And even if you think like you've talked a lot about it, there's still so many more people out there who have yet to hear that message and your story and your ideas that it's never tiresome or like too boring or overdone to just share your story. To this day, people still ask me about my digital nomad experiences and just kind of how I travel and how I work and travel at the same time and just so many other things we can talk about. Yeah, I think there's so many key points in there that I want to riff on because I'm the same. Like I loved when I was a digital nomad, just how many people were so curious about it. And I'd like to Mm -hmm. think now that we've been through this pandemic and people appreciate how to work from anywhere and particularly from home and how you can take everything online and digital and you don't need to be in offices and you don't need to have meetings. Hopefully they'll understand our world a little bit more, but it always used to make me so amazed that you were living and breathing it and people were just like, but how does that even work? And the other thing that you said that which is so important is writing as if you're speaking to a good friend. And uh, I'm just in the process right now of having a not so fun time of hiring an SEO content writer. Maybe by the time this goes out, I'll have a great person. But I think as somebody who loves to write as well, and I'm not saying I'm an amazing writer, but people really appreciate the style or the honesty or the friendliness or that tone of voices if you're just speaking to your friend across the table at a cafe is really important. And seeking that out in people that I want to hire is really tough because so many people have been taught how to write in a corporate speak way or in a very factual way or in basically a way that has zero personality at all. (laughs) And it's hard to beat it out of them because it was hard to beat it out of me initially. But I feel like it's about finding your voice and finding the stories that resonate and just speaking really authentically and from the heart. Totally. And we just talked about like how I've managed to just be myself and people wanting to hire me and like read my writing and things like that. You mentioned just kind of tapping into your authentic self and then being able to build a business around that. And it's so true with writing because you spend all this time having these thoughts on your own. And then when it comes down to like writing them and sharing them, there's some sort of like mental barrier in sharing them in a way that really reflects how you speak, how you think and what you're actually thinking. And I think I actually had some, I'd spent some time just this idea of being more vulnerable and having this confidence of sharing your experiences and knowing that someone out there is going to get some value out of it. You're not trying to write for everybody. You're just trying to write for the right people and Mm kind of carrying that mindset forward, I think helps people become more comfortable with their voice, with their insight and with the ideas they want to share. So just knowing that you're not trying to appeal to everybody, you're just trying to impact just the right people. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually listening to Dr. Wayne Dwyer, which I I don't actually do that often, but I really loved his piece in a video the other day where he said, if you're worrying about people's opinions of you, their opinions of you matter more than your own self-worth. And he's like, the people who have stood out most have just not cared about that. They've just been genuinely themselves and done the work that they want to do and gone on that mission just purely from the space of this is the work that I want to do. And that's made them stand out because they're not trying to fit into a box because they don't care what people think within reason. And because they're just focused on the impact that they want to make. It's a hard thing to do though. I think just not let people's opinions in. well, especially I find it, I don't actually mind so much about strangers, but people that I care about, people that are close to me, their opinion matters. 
especially if it's on a piece of work or something that I'm less familiar with. But when it's something that I'm totally fine at and expert at or just completely comfortable with, I just don't care. It's like, no, I'm happy to just run with this and do it no matter what anybody says. How important do you sort of think that attitude is of just really believing in yourself and knowing, no, no, this is exactly what I want to say. And I don't need people to agree with it. In fact, I'd like to create a discussion from it versus people disagreeing or agreeing. How important has that been for you and do you find for your clients? Yeah, I think it's very important. If we think about, like you touched on it when you were saying that we shouldn't be worried about what other people think, because the truth is a strong point of view is a rare thing. And people mm-hmm. value strong points of views. Even if they don't agree with it, they will respect it. Well, most people will respect it. Yeah. But it's kind of a reflection of your own belief system. When you have a strong point of view, people will know where you stand instead of like kind of wavering back and forth. Then people are kind of confused about what you might represent, what you want to convey. So having being firm in what you believe in and having a strong point of view is always what I tell my clients is just, Yeah, it's a rare thing in the world and Mm. there's always room at the top for the very best and for the people who can share that strong point of view. And I think most people gravitate towards just people who can share a strong point of view and kind of lead, if someone's on the fence, they look to someone else who can lead them towards a certain way of thinking or even a belief and that sort of thing. So I think it's very important. Mm. And that way you also become a thought leader. Exactly. leading with your thoughts and your thoughts matter and you stand behind them and you have a different point of view. And that's how you stand apart from everyone else trying to say like in the middle ground, no man's land, no one really wants that, but it feels Mm -hmm. safe. But if you just kind of look at sort of visionaries in the world, Steve Jobs didn't play it safe. He was Mm -hmm. very extreme in some points of views, right? So yeah, just kind of looking examples like that. Yeah, hundred percent. So I'd love to take it back to your story a little more. So you started out from what I understand with paid writing gigs, and I just love to sort of see the path that you've taken to now helping people get published, get visible, get media opportunities. Love to know that path because I'm always fascinated by the journeys that people go on. Totally. I look back on it and it was such a meandering path. (laughs) And I've been writing in some capacity in some ways for almost 20 years now. And before this started, like my writing career, I mean, I didn't dare dream to be a writer. It just didn't seem like it was something that I could do. It wasn't something I dreamed about, but I had been doing it since high school. I started in video games writing for fun, completely for fun. And so it's just a serendipity of things where because I had been writing for fun and I didn't easily get discouraged, I kept doing it. And eventually, actually, one of the biggest video games website hired me full time. And they're like, hey, do you want to write about video games full time? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I gotta ask at this moment, Steph. I hope I can call you Steph. Did you yeah. actually play video games? Were you a I gamer? Did. Okay, I cool. did. So. I grew up being a total nerd. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of one instance where I turned a hobby into work, right? Mm-hmm. I love video games and then eventually got paid to play video games. And then eventually <laughs> I got really into health and fitness. And so I was hired as an editor at bodybuilding.com. And so then I carried my writing skill set over to writing about fitness. And so from those experiences, I knew what editors look for and how the publications work, even if they are in different niche industries, the principles are very similar. And I've talked to a lot of editors and people in media, like people just want a really good story. They just want something that adds value, right? And so after my stint as a bodybuilding.com editor, 
I started writing more freelance fitness stuff for places like Lifehacker, New York Magazine, GQ, and eventually New York Times. And so, you know, big ass names there. Go you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, honestly, I was just traveling the world, writing articles from Japan and Paris and just writing about these experiences and also how I stay fit while I travel. So people wanted to hear these experiences. And this is why I keep talking about like, you have unique stories and advice and perspectives to share that other people would find valuable. So people, friends, peers, and just random strangers started asking me like, hey, like, I've seen your articles in XYZ. I'm just wondering, like, how do you get to do what you do? And so that's kind of when I, it clicked that people, to me, this seems very second nature, Mm -hmm. but to other people, it's so fascinating. It's like this mysterious thing that they want to get into, but they don't know where to chip away from. And also what I saw within my fitness industry, my fitness peers, I just noticed that these were all very smart people, but they were just talking to such a limited audience on Facebook. Like they were sharing these really great, smart ideas. And I just thought to myself, like, I wish they were able to spread their message wider because it could help so many more people. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I kind of had this idea, this business idea to help basically transfer my skill set, my knowledge to people in the fitness industry, like coaches and entrepreneurs and travel bloggers and things like that to just really share their stories and their message with the wider internet so that it could more people could read their work and their things like that. So that's kind of how the genesis of that happened. I love it when there's enough people knocking on your door to go, yeah. hey, Steph, how do you do this? And then you're like, hang on a minute. This is like, however many people have asked me now, like a decent amount. How could I sort of put this together in a way or a package that helps them? How could I not just start with one person, but many? Exactly. So I'd love to know the path. Did you start out doing some one-to-one kind of coaching slash consulting, or did you go straight away into productizing that? Like here's a short course on how to write better and get noticed or what was the path there? Yeah. One of my close friends that I now consider a close friend, he kind of exposed me to this world of online businesses mm-hmm. where you have products, you have online courses. And I didn't know what this would look like, but I knew I wanted to show people like they don't have to be some Gary Vaynerchuk to have authority. Like anyone can build authority and credibility and be authentically themselves. So what I thought about was like, oh, just those fitness people, those coaches that I had in mind that I wanted to help them get their message out because the weight loss industry, the health and fitness industry is so huge, lots of people still seeking help. And so I essentially created this Google Doc outline of like all the things in my head. And I just kind of built an outline about what I would teach. And I went around on Facebook and just said, hey, would you be interested in learning about this? And they're like, oh my gosh, heck yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, would you want to pay for this? And they're like, yeah, how much? And I'm like, oh, yeah, a couple hundred dollars. And so I got less than about 20 people sign up just that outline. And I'm like, I think I have something here. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I love yeah. it. And I just love how like technically easy that was. You had 20 years of writing experience and I don't want to gloss over that. So it did feel like second nature to you. But when you actually start teaching people what you know, you don't realize what you know until you teach. I think often how much is stored in that amazing brain of yours and how many people want access to that. So I love that you just were like, well, here's this thing I'm thinking of who wants it. And you had the demand and then you started doing it. And so where to from there, like what sprang out of those conversations and those clients that led you to create more and to sort of get to where you are today? 
Totally. I think what it comes down to is like, I like to think about this in fitness analogies, like people will come to you or clients go to fitness coaches asking to lose weight. That's Mm -hmm. just maybe the superficial reason, the first layer of the reason that they would want, but it's not their primary desire of why they are approaching that coach. The real reason may be that they just want to feel more confident. They want to feel more attractive, right? Like it just takes some time to dig deep. And so as coaches and experts in their own right were approaching me asking like, how do I get published here? How do I get published featured there? What I realized is that people just want this sort of social proof, this way to build that authority and credibility. Those logos that you see on websites, the as seen on, as featured on, New York Mm -hmm. Times, CNBC, like those are essentially a form of social proof. And imagine if as an entrepreneur, customers were coming to your website and they had the choice between you and entrepreneur B, but you have like all these logos to show that you're very legitimate expert, that you're so knowledgeable and so respected that other people want to talk about you. So Mm -hmm. that's like a signal to customers and clients that like, hey, this is a way to stand apart. And so that's kind of how I started to pivot. Well, not pivot, but it's just kind of, I reached a little further and deeper into using this media exposure, this way to get media attention, not just to get published merely because I want to write and get my message out there. That's part of it. But also this is just a way to, from a business perspective, is strategic to boost your credibility. And that way you're able to get more high quality customers, charge more and so on and so forth. It's a ripple effect, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'd love to just add to that for those listening who are like, but I'm not an expert, but I'm not the thought leader. Landing one great piece of media, even when you're what I like to call you a leading learner. So you're a couple of steps ahead of other people. And then being able to put that logo as social proof on your site is a great way to start. So you don't always need to be the expert. You just, as you said, right at the beginning, you need to have that strong opinion or thought around something and enough knowledge and ways of expressing that knowledge that can be shared with others in a way that really resonates. 100% Natalie. And one of the things, like a lot of people come to me and tell me like, yeah, why would anyone listen to me? I'm not an expert with world-class credentials (laughs) and like an MBA and a PhD and things like that. And I'm like, you don't have to have those things. When people come to you for help, you just have to know at least 2% more than them to Mm. help them. Yeah, absolutely. Just a couple of steps ahead. And, you know, yeah. when you were starting out, that you're a perfect example, right? Like, yes, you'd had all those years of writing, but at that point you'd started pitching to me and you and you've been doing pretty well. But then it really came into your head a few years later, like, actually, this is something I do really well and people have asked me about now. I can teach it and get paid for it. But I love that journey and that's why I asked you about it. I just love the journey that people go on because I feel we all have to go through it. We don't yeah. just see the end result like I'm now a media publisher or a pitcher or, you know, this is what I teach and do and I have a whole business around it. No, we start back with the thing that we like or love and then we continue to do it and we get better at it and then we see opportunities in it and then people tell us potentially what those opportunities are. And yeah. if we're clever and we listen, we start to monetize and package it into things that allow us to earn income and impact that we want. So Yeah, I totally love that. So let's get into some of the hot tips for people listening. So we've got a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this podcast and they are really just desiring to get more out there. They want to pitch some of the big name sites. They want to get in some of the big name media. In Steph's world, where the heck do they start to get the most, I guess, bang for their buck with the limited time that they might have to put towards this and assuming that they have like no idea about how to go about pitching and landing great media? Yeah. 
I like to have everyone kind of like pause a bit and start with the idea. Because mm. at the crux of media, even writing a blog post or guest posting, any of that starts with a really good idea, right? Like, I'm sure as a podcast host yourself, like you want to know what that story is, that idea is, and like how valuable it would be to listeners. So I like to say, start with your idea. What I noticed as an editor and just working with clients in general is that a lot of people will just tell me, oh my gosh, I have so many ideas. Like I have this idea and that idea. But what I've found is that they haven't thought that deeply about what that idea really looks like, how it's going to take shape and how it's going to be different from a lot of the ideas out there and how it's going to grab an editor's attention. So that's why I like to tell people to slow down a little bit, think about the idea. And I actually have sort of like this framework that I've created that predicts what sort of ideas editors will look for. Those are predictable. They're fairly consistent across the board. And I'm just going to share like a quick tip about that. So I call this formula for predicting what editors want to see in an idea, pitch like a pro formula. Mm -hmm. And the pro part is an acronym that stands for three things. So the P of pro stands for popular. An idea needs to be popular. The R part of pro needs to be relevant and the O part just needs to be original. Like altogether, this means your idea needs to be popular, relevant, or original. This is a pitch like a pro framework. In the interest of time, I'll just talk to you very specifically about how to turn essentially any of your ideas into an original idea. And one of the easiest ways is really just to turn your idea personal, tell a personal story. Every publication wants original work. And if you've ever Googled something that's similar to your idea, there's probably like millions of articles on it already, but there's always just a quick way to tweak it. You just to add that little fresh perspective. And like I said, turning your idea personal, turning it into a personal story where you just kind of draw from your deep well of experiences and perspectives really quickly makes your idea very personal. So I'll give you an example. When I was writing a lot about my nomadic experiences, I wrote about them, the first one, on Lifehacker. And I believe the headline was something like, what I wish someone told me before I worked around the world remotely. And so mm -hmm. that's where I just kind of talked about the challenges of like, when you're on the move a lot, it's very difficult to, there's some challenges involved when you're just on the move a lot. So I just kind of talked about some challenges I faced as a digital nomad. And then I took that same experience and I wrote about it again. Actually, a journalist interviewed me for Business Insider, where I just talked about how I used Airbnb and just hopped around the world doing that way and saved money doing so instead of like living in hotels. Then I took that same idea, also wrote about it on Thrillist, kind of with a frugality perspective, just that same sort of concept of traveling around the world, but just tweaked a little bit because my experiences were I saved $10,000 living around the world instead of having rent in Los Angeles. Yeah. And then I took that same idea again, New York Times, how to conquer the long-term challenges of travel. So you're like one story has a rich well of experiences. If you just look at it from different perspectives, mm -hmm. you can spin that into so many different kinds of articles and different publications will want to see those. So yeah. really yeah, just tap into yourself for that personal perspective to make 
an idea that seems really well-trodden original. I love it. Actually, I talk a lot about repurposing content, but in this case, it's like repurposing your idea into Mm -hmm. not fragments of that idea, but going deeper into a section of that idea, Exactly, um, which is really smart because a lot of people will find you on say New York times, but then a lot of people will find you on Lifehack and it's just, there's different audiences who get to see this content in different places and it will resonate with them at different times. And I just, I really want to share that with the listeners because otherwise you think you always have to come up with something incredibly unique and original, but often it's the power of repetition where people really learn. And I was just thinking back to when you're in the fitness industry and writing there a lot. I mean, that is one of the most competitive industries, but what blows my mind is that people are always still searching on how do I do stuff? Because as you grow and as you learn more, then it piques your curiosity and you want to learn even more. And I went vegan at the end of last year and I'm still learning so much, but I'm now looking at all these fitness articles from time to time at least and going, oh, this is really useful. Even though I feel like I've done this years ago when I did some body sculpting and got really into my nutrition, et cetera. Yeah. And it's just like people are always learning and at different stages of growth and learning. And so they'll be looking for those articles, even if you think there's probably a million articles written about digital nomads traveling the world. Yeah. It never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> there is a voracious appetite for just every topic that you think is really tired and beaten to the ground, but yeah. there's like a bajillion people in the world. So even a million people read your one article. There's so many more people that haven't. And then the more you kind of just propagate that in different publications that have a different reach, like that just means more people are going to read about your experiences and you can tell different parts of it. And then you can kind of know like from a business perspective, like what people are resonating more with and you can kind of double down on those kinds of topics. 100% you can. I love the word double down. So people are probably now going, okay, that's great. Got article in these major press sites or major sites online you're probably getting a bunch more traffic because what's the key thing that they have to do in all these articles that's going to make a difference? Not just grab the logo from the website and put it on your own. What is the, well, I know what I think it is on my side, but I'd love to know from you how you leverage all these wonderful articles and pieces of media around the internet. Yeah. So one of the ways I like to leverage it is actually more subtle. It's not like a outward facing, like here's my backlink, check out my website. I think that is like on the surface. What I like to do is, I like to use those pieces of media and pitch new, bigger places. Mm. So it's essentially ammo in my pocket. And again, further social proof to future editors and people in media saying, telling them like, hey, my ideas have, are carrying a certain amount of clout as evidence because I just wrote about it in New York Times. And I have a new idea I'd like to pitch you. And it's related and it did really well. So what do you think about this article? So I use it as a way to essentially, I call this the slingshot method, to take one piece of media and then slingshot it to another one. Mm. That's the leverage I think about. Yeah. So you're using it as that stepping stone slingshot method. Do you have any type of link or how do people learn more about you when you've written these articles? So you don't have any way for them to come across to your site or learn any more about you or is that inbuilt into your profile as the person writing the article? Yeah, some publications allow sort of like an author bio at the very end. So they find me that way. You can be strategic about which ones, but then other times they may not allow like an author bio. But at that point, I just use that publication as a different way of form of leverage. Either I would leverage it for my clients, be like my expertise has been featured in these places and that sort of thing. Yeah, right. So it's either building your clout 
because your clients are like, oh, all these places, or it's allowing you to slingshot to other places that have even more clout. Love it. And I like yeah. that there's a real strategy there as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's essentially this idea of like, you're not just going for the low hanging fruit, like what's readily in front of you, you're going to use it behind the scenes to just really snowball the effect of one piece of article or one article. Yeah, I really like that. That's unique and original, Steph. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So for people listening, like where, obviously you've probably got a whole Google database now or Excel spreadsheet or more of amazing places that you can write for, reach out to pitch and also for your clients. So for somebody like sitting here excited about it, what's your best suggestion on where to start? Yeah, actually, I have this really awesome pitch to GQ that I love to share with your listeners. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people ask me, like, what do you even say to an editor once you do have a great idea and you find their contact information? Like, how do you even pitch it? So, like, with anything in business, it can be learned. I have a a whole template for it. And I actually want to share exactly what a pitch, you know, a successful pitch to a high-profile magazine like GQ looks like. So, if your listeners would like to see what that pitch looks like, I'm letting them essentially peek behind the scenes exclusively at stephanielee.me slash bonus, and they can just awesome. download it. Thank you. Cool. We'll drop that in the show notes as well, because it's yeah. so nice sometimes to just have a template to riff off. And then of yeah. course, add your own personal unique touch because it's your words and your personality totally. and your ideas. But yeah, really, really love that. Yeah. And I know when I get pitched, even like when your email landed in my inbox, I'd love to come on the show. It's just like really good pitches get the attention of the person, especially if you can show credibility, as you said, that's social proof, but also that you have a real personal friendly angle to it and not just the mass ones that I get often like would you like dear admin or dear I don't even know would you like to feature this person because I'm just like wow you did zero research into understanding who I am who my audience is where I'm at what topics interest us yeah it's just and I don't know why people pay for that it's so frustrating it's like Uh, find somebody who cares and we'll do a really freaking good job for you and give you the opportunities that you deserve by being more personal. So totally. And it's just like two major things that you touched on in any sort of pitch is essentially like make it clear how the other person benefits, like what's in it for them. Like otherwise, how, why would they even care to read the rest of your email? Right. Yeah. So make them care and then also get their name right. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you've gotten any typos. Someone called me Brandon once and I was like, well, this is going in the trash. Just like a little due diligence, that sort Mm. of thing. Dear sir is always my favorite. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. (laughs) Or when they talk about a podcast that's older now, like, you know, the suitcase entrepreneur was my podcast for so long. And then, yeah, that they're still referring to that. And I'm like, yeah, that was a wee while ago. So the fact that you haven't done your due diligence makes a difference. And these are just good things for people to hear because you just need to know that when you go in, as you said. So make them care, get their name right. And I would also say, I always like giving a little compliment, a genuine compliment, because if I'm approaching somebody to be on their show or on their website or on their platform or in their their newspaper even, I think it's really nice to genuinely say, I really appreciated the piece that got written recently, or I really appreciated your podcast interview recently where you talked about this, because it just shows that you've been listening or learning or reading. And that's important. Yeah. It's important for content. I agree. I agree. Yay. We all love compliments. Yeah, we do. do. (laughs) So that is an awesome resource to have. Thank you so much. And I've loved the unique and original sort of ways in which you approach media and how you've done it. And I also just love seeing the journey from just loving writing about video games (laughs) through to being this person who helps 
entrepreneurs and corporates now like really land great media in a way that I feel is totally aligned, totally ethical and totally on point. So thank you for doing the work that you do. Where else can people find out about you and thank you and maybe even take a little screenshot of where they've been listening into this episode. That'd be awesome. Where's the best place to find you? Yeah, well, I'm at stephanielee.me. That's my website. I'm a on good domain, Twitter. by the way, because there's, you know, there's a few Stephanie Lees out there. You're very unique. I'm not taking away from that, but there are. <laughs> stephanielee.me. There right. is this Korean actress that I will never uh, outrank on Google. So I'm just like, uh, yeah, maybe one day, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'm also on Twitter at super, S-U-P-E-R-L-E-E-7. I haven't nice. been as active lately, but people can find me on Twitter and feel free to tweet at me. I love seeing tweets. I'll definitely tweet back. I'm just not as active. Yeah, Twitter's one of those things I think that you have to have the right filters on, go in for the right reasons. And I think it is a great place to approach media on there. Often you can get a more personal response and a DM through Twitter and take it into email. But yeah, so I like that too. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show and really looking forward to the journey and all the people's lives that you're going to impact through then getting more visible out there. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. I really hope you enjoyed the discussion I had with Steph. I just love, love, love hearing the journeys of how people get paid to be them. And especially in this case, because Steph and I both love writing and it is something that both of us have been doing for a long time, but it just shows you how when you start with one thing, it can amplify into so many other areas so that you can monetize your skills and knowledge and expertise and earn the income and impact that you truly want. Make sure you head across to stephanielee.me forward slash bonus for that awesome template that she has for you and also come across to nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast where you can see all the awesome podcasts that have been going on in this beautiful world of podcasting I have loved the guests that have been on in particular this year I just so many people come to mind who have just had outstanding things to share with us and to help us grow both from a mindset perspective a business perspective and for what we truly want in life so all of those are held beautifully and lovingly at nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast. And from there, you can go and search to your heart's desire on all the awesome topics that we have covered around tapping into your potential and getting paid to be you. Thanks so much for listening and go out and have an amazing day. <laughs>